A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey everyone, it's Christine Marie Mason, your host for the Rose Woman podcast, and this is a bonus episode. It's a little unusual. One of my other projects in life is to do healing work, yoga work, and I've been teaching and doing things at various festivals for many, many years. A couple of years before COVID, I taught at a festival in Northern California, a workshop called I'll Take It From Here, Healing With Your Parents and Owning Your Life. And I do a specific one around healing the maternal line that's related to that. The healing the maternal line class I've done in yoga studios. I've done it in our own place in Hawaii. And during the early part of the pandemic, I decided to record it. So it's a little esoteric if you're a more mainstream listener and you're not into meditation or yoga or philosophy in the way that I've been. It may not be for you. But if you're interested in exploring something new, uh, this is a multi-part practice. In the first part, I talk about the influences on this understanding of how we bring transgenerational trauma along for the ride, like what we get from our parents and how that lives in us until it's looked at and it's healed. And that when we do forgiveness and blessing work back towards our parents, how that ripples back to us and to everyone that we touch and sometimes even backwards in time in the family line. There are multiple parts to this. One is a sort of a seated meditation. Another is a prostration practice, which looks a little bit like a sun salute, a little bit more movement. Uh, you're, you're kind of coming all the way up into a sun salute, and then you're bowing down and you're extending forward on the floor. It's very helpful to move the messages through your body. Another is radical empathy practice. And the final one is a forgiveness exercise. Now, these have worked tremendously for me. Uh, you all have your own story about the relationship to the mother. I can safely say now that I'm incredibly grateful to have been given the opportunity to live in this body and that I can see my mother for what she was born into and what she was going through when she had me. I can thank her for the gifts that she gave me 
and I can accept the places where I would like to have been different, but it wasn't, and love her anyway. She left when I was very young. She was murdered when I was 11. I've missed her every day of my life. I've been so blessed and lucky to have a wonderful stepmother, to have grandmothers, to have good women in the community who've supported me. I married early. My mother-in-law was amazing. You know, and now I have daughters of my own and sons of my own. And I see just how much complexity there is in trying to do a good job. If they're loved, if they're fed, if they're safe, you're halfway there, maybe even 75% of the way there. So with that in mind, might we look at our own mothers with love, understand how much it takes to bring a being into this world and forgive them with any lingering eh, design a new kind of relationship and own our lives. Don't let the limitations that we inherited rule our decisions day to day. So here we go. Part one, healing the maternal line. This particular practice is one of my favorite practices. That particular journey on healing the feminine was a long one for me, but it was helped by a number of people. So I want to begin tonight by nesting the practices we're going to do in a gratitude and acknowledgement of the people that I learned them from and or iterated off of the things that I learned from them. Um, the first one is I want to speak to Bert Hellinger and the work of constellations. The constellations practice is based on a Zulu tradition that nests a child firmly in an ancestral tree that if you were to look over your right and left shoulder would have you docked into security as far back as you can go. They basically think that a man and a woman before they conceive a child, turn to one another in love. And once the child is on its way, they turn shoulder to shoulder and bring it forth into the world. And that in a healthy line, a child will feel it in their blood and in their bones, that no matter where they look, they're docked into this family line. And that if one of the parents is distracted by unhealed things or unresolved things in their line, they will be turned away from the child and the child will have nowhere to dock, and that the child will carry the patterns that it sees in the parent forward into its own life and well into the future, unless those things are proactively addressed and unwound. So that particular practice was instrumental for me. The second acknowledgement that I want to make is to Sanskrit scholar and yogi Harish Wallace. Um, Harish uh, was my uh, original Sanskrit teacher, and he uh, brought me the practices of Kashmir Shaivas Tantra. He's an amazing scholar. Uh, I was also lucky enough to have him as a roommate, along with Christopher Tompkins, living in a house where shouts of joy would happen when a new discovery was made around a particular yogic text, um, a really wonderful environment in general. And it was Harish who, when I was working on some of my uh, ancestral healing with my mother, who had um, left and died early, uh, brought me the ancestral prostration practice, which I did it for 30 days. And in the context of those 30 days, 
so many miracles happened. So we're going to do that as part of, as one of the modules tonight. I was in Kathmandu uh, when I saw that practice being done uh, by actual devotees in that tradition. And the beauty and constancy and focus of those practitioners, moment after moment, day after day, morning after morning, um, was uh, also an inspiration. And you'll see that informed in the way we move through that particular practice. Uh, the next acknowledgement I'd like to make is to Mark Whitwell, who's been my teacher for 13 years in the line of uh, Krishnamacharya's yoga. Mark's whole narrative is that we've been sold a bill of goods with Western yoga and that it's really about returning to the beautiful intimacy of you and your breath as participation in life itself. And so when we're doing that uh, practice, we use some of Mark's breathing techniques. The next thing is uh, the history of transpersonal psychology and particularly a two-year training program that I've just um, come into completion on with the master teacher, Thomas Hubel. What Thomas is talking about in his work is that uh, it's similar to constellations, but it has a much more um, targeted intervention practice where we are carrying the stories and the warps and architecture of our parental line in our bodies. And that once we're able to presence and recognize and feel those things, we have the opportunity with skills and support with one another to heal and to change those architectures to achieve more freedom and presence so that we're not uh, reacting out of a contraction and a pulling away to things that are reminiscent of the family line. And we're also not pulling out of ourselves and losing touch with our own um, life force when something happens. How do we stay present and aware of both ourselves and the other? So Thomas's work has been applied, not just in individuals and in families, but in war zones and in places like in, Germ in Germany or in Israel or uh, places that have experienced uh, natural disasters and tremendous loss when there's a loss that's held in memory by the group. So what you'll hear through all of these threads is acknowledgement of the softness of the space between us. That there is something mysterious that's happening in the field and not just in the field between you and me, but in the field between generations. The time-space, although we perceive it with our brains as moving in one direction, is actually happening in both directions all the time. Whether you're looking at science fiction or the matrix or uh, studying multiple dimensions in physics, all time exists at once. So it's a pretty outrageous idea that if you do work to bless your ancestors, that it rebounds through you and to you in real time as well as to others who are descendants in that family line. So some of the stuff that we're working with is uh, based on this idea of you becoming an agent, not just a, a recipient of the way things have been passed down to you, but an agent in your own healing and an agent in healing the family line backwards. That's a very different place to stand in history. So, I want you to suspend any material reality, pre-programmed ideas about time space, and believe with me as we do this work that how we look upon and how we uh, 
give our energy to our ancestors rebounds forward and backwards in time. The next thing that um, I want to say before we really get going is around the enchantment of the mind that we have in many cases been programmed to think that we've been traumatized or we didn't get enough. And one of the core principles of this work is that no matter what you got, if you got abandoned at the doorstep of a orphanage, if you got the shit beat out of you, if you got no love, whatever you got, you got life. And you got here in this moment. And that means you got enough to take it from here and own the outcome of your life. And that's an immense step uh, to see that power, to say once and for all, it's not my fault, but it is my responsibility. It's my responsibility to open and not stay closed wherever possible. I'll be compassionate and soft with myself as I unwind those stories, but I will persist in pursuing freedom and presence. So, and then of course, yoga, yoga, yoga. This is all incorporating many different traditions of yoga and a transgenerational healing program I was doing in the California prisons for seven years. Um, and believe me when I tell you, the people who are uh, behind bars in our prisons have been for the most part subject to more trauma from childhood on than anyone could imagine. And the work that they are doing on themselves is creating bodhisattvas one by one, peacekeepers and healers, both inside the prison, among their fellows, and when they come home to their families and their communities. It's possible for anyone to do this work. So my hope is that you will find a little bit of freedom and spaciousness in this practice, and that you'll start to um, in particularly in the context of the feminine, start to write a new story. One more academic -y thing before we breathe and stuff. Um, I want to make sure that you have something to write with. You guys don't have something to write with, but I'll give you paper and a pen. Um, I want you to have something to write with because when you go into meditation, when you're coming out of that, there's often a moment when everything is super crisp and I want you to be able to capture it for yourself for later reference. And then I want to talk a little bit about um, the stinky side of the feminine before we get going, okay? Um, there's been a lot of Me Too stuff in the last few years, which is such an exciting development around saying, hey, you can't do that to me. Um, the historical 2,000 years or so now of uh, lack of equity and power for the feminine has resulted in some interesting uh, female traits and behaviors. Because anytime something is denied a voice, uh, denied power, denied agency, there will be a way. And some of the ways that the feminine has gained power and agency might be through seduction. It might be through manipulation. It's backdoor channels. When you don't have overt power, you find covert power. And that covert power is a psychological arsenal. And many of us 
uh, receive that from our, fam our family line, from our maternal line. So we're going to allow them all of those psychological arsenals while understanding them in the context of their time and upbringing in our meditation. Um, I am not an apologia person for uh, the, the victimhood of the feminine or the persecution nature of the masculine. We're in this together, and as we recalibrate and correct, there'll be spaciousness on both sides. So with all of that said, not your fault, but your responsibility to begin with, I'd like us to um, do a little bit of, of um, yogic presencing and begin the practice. So if you have a cushion, um, if you're a person with tight hamstrings, definitely have a cushion or two. I'd like you to uh, sit right to the edge of it where your sitting bones can catch on the edge so that your sacrum is straight up and down. And to push your tailbone down so you have a lot of stability. And then lift and expand the spine and reach the crown up toward the ceiling. So I want you to think and like, see if you can introspect your spine. Like, Look at yourself from the inside, not as if you're an object looking outside, but travel into the base of the spine and find a little bit more movement and opening vertically as you press down and reach up simultaneously. And with that long, tall spine, just a little bit of swaying side to side. And even moving your neck in a figure eight, and kind of circling slightly, because what we're gonna do as we circle is allow the body to slowly find its own center and equilibrium. So we're gonna be going around a little bit, back and forth, making the circle smaller and smaller, the swaying tighter and tighter, until you're balanced bone on bone and there's almost no muscular effort to hold yourself up. And with this long, tall, open body, sometimes people say your collarbones are smiling, lifting the chest up slightly. We turn our attention to the breath. First, we're just watching the breath. Just watching it move in and out of the nostrils. The lips are gently closed. The jaw is soft. The eyes are back in the head. And you're just observing your breath. Now add a little long deliberation to the inhale. So as you pull in, filling the diaphragm and the side lungs, spreading the ribs out with the breath to the count of four or five. An equal length on the exhale. If you can get your in and out counts to eight, that's wonderful. And if you can add a little pause at the top and a little pause at the bottom, Staying empty, staying full, as you're doing this circle, please do that. So we'll inhale. 
pause, exhale, and pause. And we'll do that just a few more times on your own pace. to take a really big inhale now because we're going to ohm in um, and all that means i know most of you have some kind of oming practice is you're going to make a big beautiful sound stemming from the base of the body and join your sound with the sound around you vibration and music and mantra are also part of healing so inhale really big and pull it up from the base first practice. So this is an ancestor prostration. Um, in order to prepare, stay in the meditative state that you're in. And I want you to begin summoning to your mind people who have blessed you throughout your life. From the time you were a very small child up until this moment, people who have looked on you with kindness and arrange them in front of you as if you're looking up slightly toward the corner on the ceiling, arrange them in your mind's eye in a circle, like in a mandala. Invite them to you now. You might be surprised at who shows up. Find specific faces and places in time. Very small baby. Kindergartner, first grade. Somewhere around puberty. And in that manner, roll forward in time. They're all beaming down on you at once now. People who are very close in and people who are farther away in your personal mandala. It might be a teacher. It might not even be someone who you knew in the body. Maybe it's an avatar or a philosopher or an author, someone who gave you a kind of a transmission. Maybe it's a pet. Okay? Wonderful. All right. 
Now, that warm golden blessing, I want you to take and scoop it up in your arms, bring it up over your shoulder, and then imagine pulling it down through your crown and touching your shoulder blades on both sides. And return your hands to your lap. I'm going to ask you to stay in that state as much as possible and come to the front of your mat standing, or if you're not on a mat, then in your living room or your space. So as you stand in Hastasana, just in equal standing pose at the front of the mat, find again that equilibrium and bring the hands to the heart. I want you to visualize over your right shoulder, your mother, and over your left shoulder, your father. And if you were to turn and look at them, see your grandparents on both sides and your great-grandparents and your great-great-grandparents all the way into infinity, back to the unnamed places of Adam and Eve or the proto-humans. Maybe it's chimpanzees in your personal constellation. And feel that because that's who we're giving that blessing mandala to. And I go through it first very slowly. It's somewhat like a sun salute, but much, much softer. Sun salute is all, you know, often very rigid lines. And that's not what this is at all. So you're going to reach up and you're going to gather that blessing and bring it down to your heart and fold forward. Reach for the ground and make your way down onto your belly as gently as you can and extend your hands out in front of you with your hands turned up and bow your head to the floor, tucking the chin. Now you're receiving those blessings and that same gesture we did sitting you're going to lift that and push it like a wave over your head and touch your shoulder blades and imagine that blessing traveling backward in time to your mother's line, your father's line, and through the whole array of beings who conspired to get you here. Return the hands down, receiving. Place the hands by the chest. Very slowly pull up into a child's pose almost like you're in a trance. Turn your toes under. Walk forward and rise up. So we're going to go very, very slow because we're trying to bring the blessings down. All right? So I want you to do that with me. In, feel the visualization, all of your blessing beings, your time and space. Bring them up. Catch them. Bring them into your heart. Come down to the floor. Give yourself completely in service and appreciation. Catch those blessings. Tuck the chin and let the head fall to the ground. Surrender, surrender, and catch the goodness that is always coming to you. And pass it back through the shoulder blades. Imagine it traveling back in time. Return the hands to the floor. Hands by the chest, come back up and run through that sequence. We're going to do this continually nine times, nine more times. 
And if you decide to adopt this practice at home, you'll do it for 108 times every morning for 30 days. But for now, nine times. Inhale, reach up. You can move at your own pace if you'd like, or you can follow me. See the array of blessing beings. Pull that all into your heart. You are never alone and you never have been alone. Bow forward. Surrender it and give it to the earth. Come down onto the floor. Extend yourself in full prostration and surrender. Receive those blessings on behalf of your whole line and pass them back through your shoulder blades all the way down through your spine, back in history to space-time. Allow to really feel like you're suspended between generations. Bring your hands back, move yourself back through an undulating opening until you're back at the front of the mat and standing and your hands are at the heart. Go again, allow for the mystery of how all of these beings stay in your consciousness despite the fact that you're here and now. People from 30, 40, 50 years ago are still with you. That any kindness that has ever been done to you is cataloged in your body and in your memory. That medicine is always with you. Keep going. Beautiful. See yourself in this practice now, taking on the face of your mother. And having all of the blessing beings and doers of kindnesses that have come your way, look at her with the same love. As you pass it back through your spine, not only to your mother and to your father, but let that love transfer directly to your grandparents. Who knows what they went through? Maybe they were in a war. Maybe they were immigrants. Maybe they were suffering. Give them that love like you would a child. Give them all of the kindness and blessing that has ever been given to you. And keep going around number five now, I believe. And see as you're down on the ground, if every time you come down and lay your body into full prostration, you can't surrender a little bit more to the greatest mother of them all and be held by Mama Earth. Let the weight of your body surrender to gravity and be pulled into her. You never did alone. You were never alone. There's been this vast conspiracy to bring you to life and to sustain you by all of the plants and all of the animals, by the whole food chain of this planet. You're never alone in this life. Take in the blessings, take in the breath, receive the breath. Surrender and say thank you to the breath and the earth. 
say thank you to the blessing being and pass all that love and nourishment back through your body. Let it be energized and enhanced by your body and give it away. Everything good that comes to us, we give away and we're magnified. Do it again. Take it again. Should be around seven now. Two more. And let's do these last two with me being silent. As you complete your last one in your own time, come back to your cushion and return to your even breathing. And hold in your energy field and in your mind's eye all of the blessing beings who came to visit you. With as little disturbance as possible, take your pen and your paper and open your eyes and begin writing. Who came and visited? What were the blessing beings? Who were the blessing beings who you saw when you arranged your personal mandala? Were there any surprises? You might consider to what extent you were aware of them before you began the practice. Did you know they were with you? So we'll write for three more minutes, stream of consciousness, no editing.
One more minute. winding that down. And as you finish your writing, try to keep that stillness and close your eyes again and drop back into that meditative space. So returning to the posture that we were in the beginning, very tall spine. The reason we do a tall spine is it unblocks the central nervous system, gets it uncrimped from the bones and the pressure of that. And then we visualize now that the crown of the head is open to receive, like there's a big giant funnel catching things in the greater consciousness and dropping them into your body mind. So if you can visualize that now, that you're open at the top to receive. And I want a projection screen now up in that space at the crown because we're going to move into some grade A visualizations. And tonight we're going to focus on the mother, although we could do this easily with your dad. Um, in any case, tonight's the maternal line. So I want you to begin to project into that visualization space your mother as a baby. Maybe you've seen a baby picture of her, maybe you haven't. So you might have to do some filling in the blanks with your imagination. But I want you to imagine her on the day that she was born and the context of her life. What environment was she born into? How did her own mother look at her? or her father when she arrived in the world. What were the psychological and emotional capacities of the family that she was born into? What were the material capacities or constraints to provide for her? Was the vision that was held for this precious little girl of a life greater than her own family or mother had experienced to date? Or was it an expectation of more of the same, that she would stay in her place and uphold tradition? Somehow in your subconscious, you might have an idea of what it was like for her as she turned three or four and began expressing her sovereignty and independence. How were her forays into the world of stating what she wants, 
met with in the family. When she went to school, what was her life like? Was she summoned to greatness or tolerated? Was she revered as a precious child or viewed for her transactional value to others? You'll be filling in knowledge that you know from stories in the family, and you'll be filling in things that you have picked up in the vibration in the space around her. Things that you feel somehow in your bones are familiar. And you can advance forward now to the time of your own conception. And I want you to picture your mother when she conceived you. Was she solid in her own body and ready to mother again? Was she expecting you with joy? What was going on in her life? How did her partner show up or appear for her in that time? Was her own mother there, helpful or critical? And now be your mother on the day that you were born. Look at you, amazing, a new life. What do you know in your bones to be the state of her heart? We have so many mixed feelings when we become mothers. Are we going to do it right? Will we be up to the task? Will we lose our identity? Will we know what to do? And the unbelievable fierce pride of having brought forth a new life. Maybe all of those things were present. But now you're coming into independence and you're sitting there with your mother looking at you and she's responding to you from a place of her own capacity to react to your sovereignty. What do you remember? And at each stage, as you move forward now, I want you to try to stand in her shoes and watch her life as it was a movie. Where was she already contracted 
Where was she already closed? And where did life close her? Where was she already open? And where did her choices in life open her? So as you progress towards today, to the woman who bore you or the women who raised you, we're going to stay in this exploratory place in our own meditations and see what kind of empathy or radical empathy even might arise and whether we can get to the, a little closer to the point of saying you did the best you could. So I'm going to hold that in silence while you're off in your personal ether for a couple of moments. Now, it could be that you found nothing new in that journey. There was no new information for you. But if there was a moment where you got a little more information about what informed the dynamic between you and your mother, or between your mother and her mother, then I want you to capture that now by taking your pen and paper. And in a meditative state, again, stream of consciousness, beginning to write. And perhaps your writing will take this form. Please forgive me, Mother, for having misunderstood. And then you might write some of the things that you now understand a little bit better. So I'm going to give you... Um, four minutes on this one, stream of consciousness, no editing.
in one more minute. and bringing your writing to a close and returning into your center and stillness. Because we are so accustomed to the chain of descent going from child to parent, and we have such high expectations of what they should give us, we are often disappointed. And in our disappointment, it's often difficult to see the human person not the supernatural spiritual embodiment of the divine feminine that was our mother. And when we do a forgiveness practice, the common thing we do is to try to forgive the other. But I'm going to suggest now that we shift the narrative and do it the opposite and ask our mother for forgiveness. Ask her for forgiveness for any time you wanted her to be more than she was. For any time you judged her as less than also perfect nature. When you weren't there for her. When you did not give her safe passage through your mind, for whatever naturally occurring reasons that is. Mother, forgive me for any moment that I didn't love you unconditionally and see you also as a child of the divine. Now we know having been doing all of our own inquiry, that in the abstract, we are perfect children of the universe, that we are nature, that there is nothing wrong with you. And anyone who is loving you as a parent, we wish would love us unconditionally and see that in us. And sometimes their eyes are blocked. Their vision is blocked. And so the next stage of our forgiveness practice is to say, and I forgive you for any time your eyes were clouded and you couldn't see 
the nature of me. We have missed out on each other's beauty. I forgive you. Now, forgiveness has a lot of complexity. It's, um, we've been talking over here on the ladder of forgiveness, like the ladder of grief, that we go back and forth so many times um, between being perfectly fine and not triggered by anything uh, to being obsessive and, and thinking about something and being triggered again until um, we heal it. So you might find that the first time you navigate this forgiveness practice or this radical empathy practice with your parent, you hit one small opening, but then it gets re-triggered again the next day or the next week. But each time you'll go a little deeper because the next component of doing this work is the thing we were talking about at the beginning. I got enough and I'll take it from here that in some way, it's not that you're rising above and parenting your parent, but you have developed and accreted to the stability of your heart and soul, the ability to transcend those early or even ongoing experiences know the truth of your own being and give that back to the women who bore you. So in the spiritual community, what I often find, and maybe this resonates with you, is that people seem to be able to go to Gaia and the Divine Mother, to Saraswati and Kali and Lakshmi, but they can't call their own mom. So we are going to do um, a little exercise. My harmonium playing is so basic. So with your permission, uh, con permiso, I'm going to play um, the recording of this chant um, that Adam did that, that I'm singing on. Um, and we can do it with that in the background, this J Ma chant. And I want to play it with us attempting to go through our own embodied biological mother, not through some abstracted embodiment of the feminine, but through the very human and imperfect people, the women in our life. Um, whether you're a man or a woman, so even you just respond you sing it out from the base of your body Adam will lead the call Jai Ma, Jai Ma, 
surrendered attitude that you had when you were laying on your belly and reaching your arms out in front of you and saying thank you for life and for all of the kindness and the blessing that you gave me and I want you to take that same kind of surrender and lift your hands up and give thanks to the mother Jay Ma Jay Ma Jay Ma Whatever I got, no matter what it was, I got enough. I see you as you are, with all the limitations that life gave you and all of your wonders and beauties and your ridiculous laugh, whatever it happens to be, I see you, all of you, and I love you, and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for giving me life. Jema, Jema, Jema. Jema, Jema, Jema. You just keep going and continue to feel your chest opening and your heart opening. And you are going back through your maternal line. You are going back through every woman in all of history who gave birth in fear of losing her life. For every woman in the maternal line who died bringing forth life. For every woman who birthed a child who died shortly thereafter of disease or famine. For every pain of birthing and loss of every woman in all of your lines. J Ma. J Ma J Ma. J Ma J Ma. For my grandmother, whose husband went off to war, where all of the neighbors were dying, and she was home with four small children trying to navigate World War II. Jay fucking Ma. Look at your grandmother, Jay Ma. What did she live through? Thank you. I can't believe it. How did I even get here? How did you manage to conceive in love and do it with all of the challenges that life brings? Jema. I wake up every day and the sun rises and oxygen breathes me. Food fucking grows. I am provided for at every turn. J Ma. J J J. It's victory, you know. J is the word for victory. And Ma, that's of course the mother, but it's life. 
It's victory to life. And are you not the end embodiment of life wanting itself? Are you not perfect and deserving? If I was your mother and I was looking down at you at birth or as a toddler or right now at your 60 or 70 or 80 year old embodiment, I would say, you are a miracle. You are perfect. You have nothing to prove. You are enough. In fact, you are unbelievable. And I turn now into my heart to anything in me, whether I'm now male-bodied or female-bodied, that nurtures, that loves life, that cares for others, any part of the embodied mother that lives in the physical structure I'm in right now. And I praise and give that loving force all of my devotion. So you can sing it out. You can turn it inward now. The aspect of the mother is not limited to the female. My best mother was my father. And so I know that the men who are doing this practice can feel in them a small seed place that wants life. And that knows life to be perfect. In this particular chant, the interstitials are praising all of these different aspects of the divine feminine creativity abundance fierceness protectiveness all of the qualities of a mother that loves her child and wants that child to live whole and healthy and protected and safe and sometimes we need to want that for ourselves so as we come to a close I want you to take that into prayer for yourself thank you ma I love you Please forgive me. I forgive you. I got enough. I'll take it from here. I contain the seeds of the great force of life that nurtures and protects and grows. I honor you 
for spending an hour of your precious time reconsidering how we might access the divine feminine through the people who are around us and how we might expand that in our own being. As we're coming up on Mother's Day on Sunday, I want to remind you that that holiday has nothing to do with flowers or cards or chocolates. That holiday was started by a bunch of women who didn't want their sons killed in World War I. They marched in the street so their babies wouldn't get killed. That was Mother's Day. A society that sends its sons and daughters to war for profit is in denial of life and in denial of everything the mother stands for. So I give you my best Mother's Day blessing. If you want to take another big breath with me and exhale. And inhale again. Just keep it going. You are nature, you are perfect, you are blessed. Arayong Tatsat. I hope you enjoyed the practices today. It's unusual for me to share those kinds of things on the podcast, so a little vulnerable. If you would like more detailed instructions on doing forgiveness rituals or crafting a ritual of release or a grief ritual, uh, you can find that in Reverence, the book that I wrote that came out in December of 2021. It's on rosewoman.com, and it's also on Amazon and all the other places where you would be looking for a book. I do think it's quite beautiful. And I would love to hear from you. You can find me at the.rose.woman on Instagram. You can find me at the.rose.woman on Instagram. And of course, my company at Rosebud Woman, where we make beautiful, intimate care products for all the stages of a woman's life, beautiful body care, impeccably crafted formulas from the earth, and lifestyle objects, and of course, books and other things like that. So may you find all the answers that help you live in maximum love and maximum freedom. Confidence starts with loving who you are. 
And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.